hey, you know, like, I like you too, but things have to, things have to slow down a little bit, you know, like, we gotta get to know each other. You, you told it just like that. Just like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, things are going well so far, I think. All right. All right. Anyway. Well, good morning, afternoon, or evening. It's the guys you should believe in. Uh, your co-host, Miguel and... Bradford. And we're excited to bring you back to another episode of Religion and Relationships. Um, it's been a hell of a week, people. Mm-hmm. Can I say that word? I can say that word. We can yeah. say that word. All right. Let's keep it going. Um, a lot of burdens getting thrown on, but also a whole lot of liberation, if it, if you would, or feeling liberated at times, mm-hmm. at least on my end. Mm-hmm. Uh, just Just moments of... With two H's, I specify two H's. Mm. It's, it's been really good. Um, not too excessive. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> not too many like three or fours. <sighs> like, like you just took like, a nice sip. Like yeah. you just like, got an opinion. Like ah, yeah. it's just a ah. Yeah. Something, something, something low key. <laughs> something low key, but not too popping. Yeah. But popping just enough to make people realize that a shit's been made. Yeah, it's been good. It's been good. Whole lot of assignments backing up. Oh yeah, <laughs> so oh many yeah, man. I had to, I had to talk to my professor. I was just like, "Yo, this assignment, um, it was an exegetical paper." I was like, "I don't think I'm gonna be able to make the deadline," mm. and, and he was able to work with me. He said he's gonna, um, just to submit what I have, um, and to meet with him on Monday. So, um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to get a little bit more work work done, but I'm definitely, um, we're struggling there. Not gonna mm. lie, yeah, it's piling up. It's, it's tough because like we're only a week five, and it's we got almost ten more weeks to go. Yeah, I, I don't know if I can mentally, emotionally keep doing this. Yeah, it's it's wild. The, I'm not gonna. I think when when it comes to spring spring semesters, the beginning of the semester is just so loaded with you know we have Founders Week, we have um, uh, Black History Month. At least for me, that's that's a lot because I have to plan those yeah. events. Um, and I have, um, we have a spring break. We also have, um, different, like, uh, events with, um, camps and people who are trying to get interns and, and different things like that. So, um, it's, it seems like there's a lot going on for such a short period of time Yeah. in addition to classes and work. So, uh, and you have to file your taxes. So you're thinking, oh, bro, don't well. get me started, bro. I haven't got my 1098 T yet because I keep messing with my loans. It's like, bro. I got it. I was like, I got mine. <laughs> yeah. So, so like, well, for those of you who don't know, I say, like, oh, we'll need 1098Ts. It does increase the chance of you getting a deduction uh, in the future. So, just really, like, look out for it. Think about it. If you paid a decent amount in fees or in classes, like, you paid out of pocket, you want to put that on there because it does reflect. And don't forget to also mark down those receipts and whatnot, like, you bought books or supplies for classes oh, or material for projects. Like mark those that. down because those just come out of the deduction for you in the future. Be wise with your money and get your deduction back. Also, really interesting. I, this is not the focus, but filing your church tithing as tax deduction. Mm. Spicy because it's like I gave out of my first fruits to the Lord. I saying this is from you type, you know, my worship to God. But then tax season comes around and we get, we try to get a deduction from it. Mm-hmm. Like how much of that is just pure unadulterated worship? How much is that is like give and take? 
mm-hmm. once again. You know, mm-hmm. I, I gave you this, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna file it, it to get back. Heart of worship. Yeah. You know, interesting conversation, hot topic, hot take. I don't think we should, but uh, yeah, I I I, I didn't know we could do that. Well, I did know we could do that, but I thought it was for more people who make more money. I mean, I think you need like two fifty or three hundred, and you get a you start like increasing your bracket for deductions, like. Mm. Which is really dope. The book thing, I was definitely, um, I'm not shocked about it. It's like, I can't believe I forgot. The book? Yeah. Oh, buying books? Yeah, buying books. Yeah. Because that, I mean, that would have been winning clutch. You spend like 300 every oh. semester on books. Yeah. And the craziest, they don't even ask for records. Like, you, I mean, and that's like, at Moody Bible College, you spend 300. I spent 300 in like two books alone when I was going to FIU. Oh, yeah. Bro, I don't even get me started with no, that stuff. F- I was yeah. hot. I was FIU hot. FIU was, was tough. It was a tough time. I still ha- I still owe me money. <laughs> anyway, you want your money now? Where today we got a topic uh, brought to you by Miguel. He felt he felt it was on his heart to to speak on this, and I think it's it's um, appropriate for this season that we're in, Black mm. History Month. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you want to hit it off, yeah, for sure. Um, so I've, I'm I'm currently in a class called Cultural Dynamics of Congregational Ministry. I'm reading a book, altogether different. You might, you guys may have heard of it. It's by Tucker and Kosler. I think it is. I can't remember the other person's last name, but Tucker's pretty popular in this field. Um, and essentially, in this class, we begin to talk about the how do we do culture within the congregation well in such a manner that's honoring to every member but also still true to the original goal of feeding the body, equipping the body, and edifying the body for day-to-day weekly activities. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot that goes into it because we had to look at the history first of different type of churches in the United States, the, the predominant people group in the U.S. that does Christianity, or uh, certain models that have brought concerns about that we should figure out, okay, can we keep doing this model, or do we have to get rid of the, throw the baby out with the bathwater? Mm. It's, it's a real conversation we need to have as we move forward, as we as ministers, as people who are listening to this podcast seek to be involved in the church. How do we as individuals partake in this culturally dynamic people, this congregation who still seek to honor and love God and equip one another and edify one another for weekly activity in the spreading of the gospel, in, in the Great Commission, if you would? Yeah, and, and thank you with especially nowadays it's um i was speaking to um a a pastor who was explaining how we are experiencing churches to become more and more um culturally dynamic than just predominantly white or predominantly hispanic um it's you are if you are going to go into ministry like um as we are you're most likely going to be facing a people group that's not just one um, one cultural uh, setting, but multiple cultural settings, um, especially if you're in like any sort of, I would say, quote unquote, border town such as mm. um, Miami, you know, which is a cultural hotbed, uh, New York, Philly, PA uh, or uh, New Jersey um, and even you know, obviously Sacramento, not yeah. when I say Sacramento, I mean um, California, but, um, and just throughout all of, all of the United States, you're going to be in, in seeing m- churches that have different cultural backgrounds. And if you're going to equip yourself for a, a good ministry, you have to be 
um, able to minister to these people. Mm-hmm. Actually, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, it was a Dr. Rodriguez. He was the one that led some of that, and I was like, damn, probably, yeah, that's yeah. that make it makes sense because obviously it's it's just like, um, you know, we're we're in this setting of um, you know, when majority, uh, I think, uh, America, majority white, um, places, and you you'd think like places like, uh, I don't know. Tennessee or you know like but it's but it's actually quite the contrary it's in multiple in a lot of these cities even things you wouldn't even think about there's um, more multicultural uh, churches mm-hmm. um, which is really interesting and I part of me I'm wondering um, about is is it because p- we as the United States have a like this con- what we call the contemporary church you know mm-hmm. where it's smoke lights fog machine yeah uh uh you know and just the nice music and it's basically almost like one form you go it's like copy and pasted throughout everything or is it because of something else and i i feel like it's that copy and pasting that would be that would be it but that's digressing yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's it's a good question to uh, begin to propose is is what do we do with this copy and paste format? Um, a part of it, the reason why it is get cop, it does get copy and pasted so often throughout the United States, is because that's what the cult, that's what the world wants. Um, the world is is music, lights, fog lights, um, and it's understanding. Okay, at what point do we as a church not do those things? Um, but we also got to remember there are certain things we will introduce because we are ministering to a culture, a, a group of people, and introducing the gospel to their culture. Mm-hmm. That their culture may be shifted and, in a sense, invaded by the gospel. Not by our culture, but by the gospel itself. And it's, it's interesting. Um, it, uh, you choose you choose the word invaded, and I'll, I in my head I was like I don't know if invaded is the right word, but I think it is it is a proper word because, um, what I think I forgot where I heard this um where I heard this from, but the, he was the person I was either reading or talking to I can't remember was saying that yeah I was talking to I think it was Doctor Clark he said that the culture doesn't. Uh, sorry, yeah, the culture doesn't conform to Christ. No, Christ doesn't conform to culture. Culture yeah. conforms to Christ. Exactly. And and if once the Christ is kind of dry, the it, the specialty of the Christianity um, of Christianity and and just its ability to, um, I guess bring the world together and bring multiple cultures together is the fact that Christ. Um, comes into the culture mm-hmm. and changes the culture, and it's like that invasion, and it's a good invasion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, yeah, he comes into the culture and he begins to clean up things that that shouldn't be, and but still respect cultural li- uh, lines. It which mm-hmm. I was thinking about. I was like, man, that that's totally right because, um, as Angel said, um, our one our mentor, he said, um. Christ, Christ, um, what did he say? He said Christ um, not only cleans, but he has the ability to um, 
bring have multiple roads brought to him but only one road brought to god mm. Does, remember that like yeah. like he like there's multiple roads like he once he gets into your culture you could you could come in because you believe in him and once you get and, to this gate yeah. this toll booth I'll let you through to this side. Yeah, but, but if you try to go anywhere else in there, you ain't if gonna you get there. yeah, if you try to circumvent me, if you try it to go around, work. it's not gonna work. Yeah. You're not gonna get to God without me. Mm-hmm. You know, and and just being me being in the culture and just changing things um, allows that like allows it really unlocks that that um, that culture to allow um, to to come to Christ yeah. and to accept Christ and then then move on to God. I don't know if that's good theology. Um, maybe. I mean, I'm, well, I, I'm still I mean, learning. <laughs> we, we, we find ourselves often painting God, and this is this is not off topic. It, it is conversation within the topic, but we, we find ourselves often painting God as someone who's waiting impatiently and sitting. But no, he's, he's invasive. He's aggressive. We see the gospel. It was a gruesome series of events that took place for us to be brought back to him. We look at the Tower of Babel, the curse, the sin of man on their own accord trying to strive and reach God and get where he's at. Mm-hmm. When that wasn't the goal, it was supposed to be through God to get to him. So he blesses them, if you would, um, in, di- in diversity, while still being people who can get to God through him and worship and praise him. They're not trying to do it by their own accords anymore. And that idea comes from uh, World Outspoken. Uh, it's a organization that talks about uh, the Bethesda Church and prepares them for the future and how to do it well. Uh, and essentially, their phrase is, I'm neither here or there. And that's very much what happens once you step into the church. It's no longer your culture and my culture, but it's this idea that in this middle, in this, in this unity, we both strive to reach Christ, and from Christ we actually access God. And it's, it's something we have to think about in the church. Um, what do we do when we're trying? And even what do we do? It's like, what steps need to be taken in a multicultural or ethnic or whatever you want to call it church, a non-monolithic church, as we try to spur one each other on in looking at Christ and looking at God as we minister to our neighborhoods, our communities, our workplaces, it's a real conversation because until we have those conversations, we'll be sending ministers and equipping ministers and equipping people who don't know how to be culturally flexible. And you said this to me yesterday, um, which I found was really interesting. It's um, I think we as Americans and I've read this in, in a book as well. I think it was in my pastoral theology book um, where it we what we tend to do is say, no, no, it was Alacantara. Um, I forgot what book what book it is but basically what we say is hey um this is theology um we practice theology mm. um or and then a church will come around and let's say they invite uh, the example was they invited a, a catholic uh, priest in from uh south america and he came he came and the first thing he said to the congregation um was how come when we come you guys explain like hey this is latin american theology and then when you guys explain your own theology you guys call it theology and Mm. you said it yesterday where you're just like that's not the same thing you know like 
like I, I don't want you to I don't want you to come to me and say yeah how is how is your Latin American or Hispanic theology versus my theology and it's just like wait it that's you mm. know it's it's there's no white evangelical theology that is it you know like there's no theology that's it because we all yeah. we all come to Christ in a different way mm-hmm. um, we all diff- have different cultures that you know uh, really interact and understand the Bible differently so how can we properly minister to a people when we're just being educated on um, white evangelical theology at least here in the Moody Bible Institute you know I mean there's obviously there um, I guess I shouldn't say obviously but they they are making strives to you know be more inclusive yeah um, you know like dr. Rodriguez dr. Henderson um, you know the uh, dr. Um, Redmond, yeah. you know, m- multiple multiple professors are being more inclusive, like um, putting books like From Alicantara. I can't remember the name of the book for some reason. I don't even know what book you're um, talking about. I, I could look it up. But, you know, and then we have uh, Reading While Black from uh, I, while I, when I was re- in Dr. Redmond's hermeneutic class. So it's it's beautiful to see, um, like, the, it, the beginning of, um, in, I guess, uh, inclusion an inclusive yeah. um, curriculum to say, hey, white evangelical theology isn't the only thing out there, you know, and every and we have to see it from different perspectives, especially if you want to equip mission equipped, equip missionaries to um, properly minister and and be included in other theological um, thinking or yeah. beliefs. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's interesting because <clears throat> we we often say this is theology, the Dom theology done in the United States, and that addition of Hispanic or Black or Asian or liberation or whatever you want to add to the front of theology to classify and organize it, and then you very much come and say, "But this is just theology over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is specialized theology." It's both honoring and demeaning. Mm-hmm. Let me explain. Honoring in the sense of these people can view certain aspects and areas of theology in such a manner that we never can, because the Dom group keeps the the dominant theology done doesn't leave room for this. And there's beauty in people realizing there is beauty in this specific view that we have, and there is power, and there is fruit and and glorification to god in this it's demeaning in the sense of we don't do that here that's where the demeaning comes where you only have a select few professors who introduce books from authors or ideas that are like woke church reading while black mañana by jus gonzalez or let alone just even including modern authors not Church, like African church fathers, we, mm-hmm. we've always done that mm-hmm. for quite some time now. But modern, non-white authors in a predominantly white institution. And people have said, well, why do we have to do that? Because then the rest of us are like, what do we do? Well, let me tell you what. Papendorf is the only guy who for so long introduced Jusso Gonzalez's Church History Volume 1 and Volume 2 as the history textbook. And even by just doing that, you begin to let students know there are other people than what 
you see normally who write history and of, of church history and are honored to <clears throat> keep hold to it. And, and just by simply including our names, students begin to say, man, this person wrote this book really, really well. I want to see what else they have. And you begin to expand and let them know there are other authors outside of what's always taught every single year, year to year. And it's hard too, um, because you can't switch the entire curriculum for a small group, but you can include books and resources into recommended readings at least, or one textbook one for one class where you have it from an author who's black, woman, Hispanic, someone who's not a white male. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that that's the first step to not just viewing these different theologies as guests that can be invited into the church, but members of the church who can host, and it's just regular theology. Yeah, so there's uh, there's definitely an, an idea that, you know, if, especially if we're to be united in Christ and, and like kind of we're all practicing um, trying to follow Christ obediently and, mm -hmm. in, and in love, um, we have to be able to communicate, not only communicate, but also uh, teach each other's theologies. Mm. Um, hey, because that's what, if you look at it, even in the church fathers, that's what they did um, at these councils and stuff. They're like, hey, wait, um, there's something wrong coming from this area. Let's ha let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, they come together and they, they debate on whether it is right practice or heretical, you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, of the belief of, of God. And what that does is um, that helps the uh, the learners, I guess the, the lay people, um, yeah. to, to be like, oh, snap, what I was thinking about God, um, how he is uh, like the son um, and – he, he this father is the son the 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 rays of light is um the father the father is the son yeah the rays of light is the son jesus mm -hmm. and <laughs> i guess i got a little mixed up and the warmth we feel is the spirit and then mm. wait that's wrong that's wrong that's that's arianism now and that's that's why uh, this is this is what it's telling me about mm -hmm. god and okay now i have a further better understanding and how the Trinity's like still mysterious and still like so alluring, um, and and they're able to practice their theology better in yeah. their in their context. Um, so if we have like a an African brother come over to here, you know, and he says, "Hey, this is what we see as um, God is, or 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 what the gospel is, or whatever," and we're just like, "Wait, that's right. We've been we've been thinking about it wrong, and we're mm -hmm. able to kind of." created this dialogue and and now we're teaching right right theology not from a white man or or from somebody who uh, like is an old church father uh, i'm just this is like a hypothetical situation but yeah. you know but it's like okay this came from an african african brother you know mm -hmm. or this came from a latino um woman you know who yeah. knows um and Oh, by the way, the book the book uh, that I was talking about by Alacantara was uh, The Practices of Christian Preaching, um, mm. Essentials for Effective Proclamation. Um, but being able to, you know, like read these books like um, from Alacantara or Justo Gonzalez, where we're able to see, okay, God is working mm -hmm. not only in my area, America, 
but in the areas of other um, um, countries, yeah. and in that, in their culture, will also what kind of exposes my culture and the weaknesses in, in my culture, mm-hmm. and now I'm able to okay, uh, I'm going to supplement their teaching to help my teaching um, of the Bible in my ministry, or in in um, at least explain it to somebody who yeah. is from. Uso Gonzalez's culture, you know, or or um, an African culture or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I definitely there's definitely a need and an, and even a further understanding. I, I wouldn't say understanding. I'm sorry. Dialogue between different cultures and, and belief systems through yeah. the use of books. You know, it's like like we have we have this mass printing and and um sorry communication through through you know twitter and facegram facegram wow <laughs> facebook and instagram <laughs> facebook and instagram you know and what have you but that we're able to like increase like basically have a dialogue with other churches from abroad mm-hmm. and 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 seek to better our understanding of the same god you know so yeah, yeah. and it's interesting cuz i i use the word supplement a lot but as I've been thinking about the word supplement, I wonder the danger in that word when we say we supplement it by doing outside resources. Supplements are only for a while. They're not meant to be forever. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if a better word would be used to couple. Um, complement? Couple or complement. Yeah. Um, but unite the rest, what I'm being taught in one place, to sharpen and ensure that it's on the right track by coupling it or complementing it with other resources that aren't from my direct studies. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's that that's super important because if it wasn't for those conversations that our church fathers had when they were first figuring out, okay, what are going to be the law, like unspoken laws and we're going to be written laws. Like what, what like the Nicene Creed and all these creeds and confessions that we, we have now that we look at and every believer should be like, yeah, those are facts. Mm-hmm. It was because you're, they they did the conversation, they did the talk. I was like, no, we got throw that, we got throw the baby out with the bathwater there. We just got to clean the baby and switch out the bathwater real quick. Um, like, we had to figure it out well, and, and that's what they did. And now we're getting to the more niches. Yeah. But as we straight, like as we're getting to the niches in the more minute or in further detail, rather, we can't forget to do what they've done for so long. And the only reason why their stuff works so well and we still hold true to it now because. They did the conversations. They did the talking. They spent the time to learn about the other halves of the congregation's framework and thinking and then brought it to, together in conversation and said, okay, what do we do? Is this actually true to Scripture or not? So it, it is interesting. Um, and I, I don't want to – I think it's we should probably uh, let you guys know, like, there are people still having conversations with Nicene abroad. Yeah. Um, you know, you have John Piper and I think Wayne Grudem. Um, they they created this like little um not little but this society. I wanna say society, but this school of thought. Mm-hmm. Um and they they write constantly write books and, and different articles and things on it and then some people who didn't believe what they believed created a society or a school of thought that goes like they got basically like Bigger. They start talking. Yeah, they start. They start talking. Yeah. It's like, hey, you're wrong. It's like, no, you're wrong. And they do that. They do that thing. But um, I, I think what it is, it's it's just the idea of like, man, like, 
what what we're trying to move from i guess nowadays is oh you're different from me oh that's only over there you mm-hmm. know and, and instead of saying like oh that's that's only over there that's only for these people um it's like no this is for me uh, no hey actually um you need to read this uh you need to read this and i'm i'm going to i'm going to sell this i'm going to uh tell you guys about it or or preach it in my white congregation because mm-hmm. you guys need to or 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 uh, not even only white but like on, on black congregation or you know whatever mm-hmm. whatever the context is um because you guys need to understand that this this way of thinking is is a good way uh, for you guys to take yeah. there's uh, there's break. benefit and fruit in it that we can learn and grow from and be edified from for our, our week-to-week work yes and uh the beauty of it is is um that we're all we're all able to kind of join in on the conversation and sharpen ourselves, mm-hmm. grow in Christ, mm-hmm. and and that's I think that's the that's the beauty of it, man. I sit into Johnson's class, uh, Doctor Johnson and Doctor Clark. Uh, those two, those two professors are are phenomenal. Yeah, phenomenal. Like you could sit, at least for me, I, I mean, could they, sit they, there. They do their, they do extremely well keeping it at the base of unadulterated viewpoints. Yeah, it's super easy to take mm-hmm. in. Like, like they, they don't, they don't go into. Um, I want to say they want to go into the 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 specifics of the way to think about things. Mm-hmm. It's what this is and what this means in the context of 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 jesus and trinity and mm-hmm. his gospel and the the canon of scripture it, it the way they speak it's so it, it's almost like you could just walk with them through a park with your notepad and as they just walk and um um pontificate <laughs> oh i don't know uh you know they just they just think and and talk yeah. out loud and so you could just write down and just be in awe and just look around and and really see God in the the everyday things. That's the way they speak, um, but they do an, a, an amazing job of of explaining the the fundamentals mm-hmm. of of Scripture. And I think that's what it is. Yeah, um, and, and there are other professors who teach similar courses, like Barma, Steffi. Mm-hmm. I haven't uh, had them. Yeah, we. I've, I've, I'm super trying to get Steffi for next semester. I heard she might be teaching Sistio too. Rumor has it. Keep your ears to the ground. Um, but I would really very much like. Would like to take the other half mm-hmm. and see how other professors are teaching things, not just the super popularized ones that everyone's trying to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, well, at seven thirty-five in the morning, I wasn't trying to get into. <laughs> I man, I have to take. Yeah, I was just like, man, I don't want to take this class, but it's the only class available. <laughs> nah, bro. I was looking for any other option besides seven thirty-five. You gotta pay morning, me for seven thirty, bro. I'm not doing anything before eight, bro. I don't work before eight. That's uh, what I said eight. until I, I got a 37.35. Only the thing I do is eat before 8. Nothing else no more, bro. I learned my lesson. I'll go until 5 p.m. for classes, but no more before 7. Yeah. Or more set, well, no more before 8. Just, ugh. All right. But in light of this conversation, uh, what do we do as the church? What do we do as a congregation? And scholars and professors such as Colonel Rodriguez or... Uh, Emmanuel Padilla, also known as Ricky Padilla, uh, 
they've begun to have these conversations and these ideas and teams and organizations such as World Outspoken have begun to ask the question, how do we become culturally flexible, not just accepting of different people who look different and letting them come and speak in our uh, bounds, but let them be host uh, from guest to host. What are some things we can do? And I, I, I think it's important for us to begin to walk and chew on that question as we as ministers will be in areas that are shifting that aren't constant that are constantly fluid as people groups move in and out as places become gentrified or begin to open up lower housing in area how do we become fluid enough culturally fluid and flexible to allow our neighborhoods that we're ministering to not just be treated as guests in the church but as hosts in the church as host yeah well um and if, if if i understand your question correctly um i i think you're what you're asking is like how do we how do we include the theology of other people in in the church to where it's not in the back seat but not in the in the yeah. foreground their theology their culture mm -hmm. their sub identities as well because that plays into how you what songs you choose for worship? What instruments are present in worship? How much time do you have before the set before you start the service? And how much time is left in between the service? Mm -hmm. Like, is it immediately from first service to second service? Is there a thirty-minute time frame for pastors and leaders to be speaking to others, or are we going to do like worship set, split, have a meal, and then come back, and the speaker is going to give a message, and then we're just split off again, have a coffee break, and then come back in and worship again, like? it dictates the bounds of our even our order of service uh, well, it, as we begin to minister to these ministries and make them not just guests I mean these communities not just guests but hosts as we bring them into the fold and as we share the gospel with them yeah it, it, I think it's all based on the needs of your congregation because mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't I wouldn't um, I'll probably have like a a day you know in the month where we switch up regular worship um if it, at least the way i practice um the way i go to church and stuff um i would have a day where it's like oh we did this today's hispanic heritage month uh, the beginning of hispanic heritage month so we're going to have hispanic heritage come mm -hmm. uh, for the first two sundays of this month i don't know and mm -hmm. and i'm able to switch it up and and maybe give them a little bit um, throughout the year but I don't I, I it's all dependent definitely on what congregation you go to because some congregations are really stuck in their ways you know yeah. like or, or really conservative and they feel that anything outside of a piano or anything outside of a guitar anything outside of electric uh, acoustic instruments I think it is yeah um, is is sinful Mm -hmm. You know, so like, are you gonna bring a whole electric guitar and and all smoke fog machine lights? Um, I say smoke and fog machine like they're two si different things, but um, lights and and shock this this congregation? Mm -hmm. No, you're not. You know, you gotta you're gonna be you have to be gentle and wise and discerning. Um, so I think it's being prayerful for what your congregation's needs are and and how far you could go. Yeah. But I think in terms of how you preach mm -hmm. it, it it's all in what 
and how you preach and what and um what you uh endorse um because you know at least some of these higher higher grade <laughs> i want to say higher grade but um more affluent um churches they have bookstores and stuff what do you put in your bookstore mm-hmm. you know what's on what's on your coffee um coffee table in your office yeah uh, you know um where people are like hmm a la contra i uh, won't well, they were a la contra <laughs> what's that you know and they're able to they're able to ask yeah. questions and and just the way you speak is is theology from a different mm-hmm. um, thinking um and, but it's not too different yeah but you slowly start adding it in you begin you know? to and, and what you're alluding to i think is is definitely what we need to begin uh, for churches who or for congregations organizations who are stuck in the we're only open to difference means we're, op- we're open to inviting someone who looks different but talks like us. Uh, we need to begin to increase our congregations and cultural awareness by taking these months, Black History Month, Asian History Month, Hispanic Heritage Month, these, these months that are literally give us room to talk about these conversations uh, and begin to show our congregation and our peers and the body that there are other parts of the body of Christ that are honorable to God, mm-hmm. but they look, still look different. And that's how we begin cultural awareness as an organization or as a congregation. And the way, and slowly we begin to also shift individual members, cultural intelligence or literacy as they start to wrestle with themselves. Like, what am I or who am I? What are my sub identities? Yes. Christianity is my dom identity. It's the norm by which everything else submits to, but, there are different parts and facets to me that define who I am, mm-hmm. uh, such as like the type of music I listen to or the way I dress or the way I speak or the education that most people who look like me receive. So, And I, th- I think to bring it closer to home, um, at least my home, mm-hmm. um, is the, as, as, a, as you know, being a part of Embrace, we have other uh, student groups on campus like Kesher and uh, Korean Student Fellowship Puente and all these other um, um, student groups where we don't really interact with each other. On occasion, we have um, we discuss things, but um, I was I was in an on a, in on a meeting where all all of them were in besides Puente. Um, all the presidents were in one spot, and they were able to um, speak on um, just this uh, intercultural room that we're trying to get. Um, and at, towards the end of the conversation, it was just like, what, what I realized is that, wow, these, these presidents don't know each other. Yeah. They don't talk to each other. They don't, um, um, some of them are like, one of them was just like, yeah, I've been trying to get, uh, I think it was Kesher, the Kesher president, Henry. He was like, I was trying I've been trying to get Embrace's number, (laughs) you know, the president's number. And, and it's just like, wow, like you guys don't even talk, you know, <laughs> like and, yeah. and we're all like technically minority groups on campus. Um, so how like how can we better that and yeah. and and seek to weave in and um, on each other and be able to be inclusive um, on like, let's say, let's say um, Messianic black Messianic Jews, prominent black Messianic Jews mm-hmm. um, that had an, an effect on black history you know like things like that or uh hispanic black hispanics you know afro latinos yeah. uh you know what they what they had you know like things like that it's just like man we're not just 
we're not cut like we're not square. segregated as yeah, much as we think we not. are. We're we're very much blended. Yeah, deeply. we're very much blended, and and I think it's this this idea of um, like racism and stuff that furthers that idea of mm-hmm. that we're just like boxed in, and we're we're there's a clear cut. Where it's just like no man, we have we have not only do we have shades from the darkest black to the lightest um, white that that are still black, mm-hmm. but we also have like cultural identities to where we have people who are in the hood of the hood to um um the most affluent they grew up in a in a white neighborhood and that's that's but they're still black you yeah. know like like or or they were they were in a jewish neighborhood and you know and but they're still black so my thing is is definitely uh, i think trying to uh i guess blend in uh the the those lines that people have drawn and being able to include uh, a Christ Christian theology, not not a, um, is it Christian theology? Yeah, 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 yeah. Christian theology where it's included, it's everybody's theology. Mm. Like that's like we all understand Christ in a certain way, and and being able to love each other and 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 um, grow with one another and have that unity, um, um, that is the light set atop a hill. Um, to mm-hmm. others in like whoa like you see in this church everybody you know like yeah. whoa like and they're all they all come from different like some of them don't even speak the language uh, clearly but they still love being here and serving here yeah. wow like like um what can we do to to um i guess um in replicate this your formula like mm. and and but obviously and, and adapted to our area, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. It's 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 all good thoughts. Um, yeah. But we're gonna. I mean, do you have? Yeah. So so one thing I w- I would urge current church leaders and future church leaders and ministers, whether lay or clergy, are two things. You as an individual, how culturally aware of you of the world and those in your congregation, and how culturally intelligent are you in the ability to accept who you are not deny or minimize yourself and your identity as you're hopping into other cultures and people groups and ministering to them which will one day hopefully allow you to teach your congregation or future congregations you are part of how to be not just open to difference but culturally flexible as we seek to be people who are more multi-ethnic more embodying this idea of every nation and every tongue will shout and praise your name Mm. um yeah. Well, um, this will bring today to a close. Uh, but before we leave, um, we have Christian World News coming on. Um, there's a lot of things happening. <laughs> I've heard. Um, I've heard. In it, as we know, there there's a uh, a line of protesters with truckers and stuff, uh, convoy, um, mm-hmm. that is blockading the the. I think it's the land bridge between Canada and um, America. I can't believe that took me so long to say. Um, but we have uh, the first headline, Ottawa police arrest 100-plus protesters in efforts to break up the freedom convoy Sheesh. blockade. You know, and, and I mean, my heart, my, my heart just kind of wonders um, how much of this is like okay yeah they have they should arrest those protesters and how much of it is just like look we just need these people out 
and we need them to uh, get back to work, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm just, I guess I be in prayer for that. Um, be, be in prayer for, for Christians, um, in Canada yeah. that, that are a part of this. Um, hopefully they're able to spread the gospel, um, and just to be the light mm-hmm. in, in, in a dark time. Um, and I heard also Ukraine is gone. <laughs> no, if <laughs> what? Um, I read someone post that on Facebook. I was like, bro, it's not gone. It's just there's there's issues. It's no, not, no, yeah. it ain't gone. It's it's very much there, but they're definitely um uh, apparently there's reports of Russian shelling of mm-hmm. the uh, contested area right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, obviously there's uh all sorts of different tactics to instigate uh, yeah. i think from both sides but i don't oh, know of course um, of course but remember germany stepping into the picture with some nato demands too yes um they all i think um germany offers to bow to his nato demands mm. um is, is what baby. it is yeah so um i mean nobody wants a war man Bro, I, nobody I wants a war but i meant to don't got time for it i'm not gonna lie to you but i think there's a lot more at, at play than, than yeah. what we know, but um, and and the powers that we have are different nowadays. Like the, the weapon we have are different nowadays. It's it's so it's it's crazy. There's a lot more at stake yeah, than there was if, before. If 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 we get into direct conflict, not not a proxy war, not a war through some sort of intermediary, um, but like a direct conflict with any of these superpowers, it. It very much could be World War Three, you know. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. and nobody wants that, and, I, and and I think that's scary. So be in prayer for that. Um. Yes, not yes. I don't want to say scary because you know, I, I think I think it's just like all whatever. I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> yeah. But um. Yeah. So be in prayer for that. Be in prayer for the Ukrainians, Ukrainian um Christians out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I said last time. There are there is like uh, apparently like a, a revival going on um, of, oh. of people accepting Christ. So, um, yeah, you know, be in prayer for the for the Christian missionaries, uh, mm-hmm. our brothers and sisters who who are trying to advance the gospel um, in this dark time over there as, as these people are trying to, um, you know, navigate it. And I think it's they're they're being very positive, um, at least in the in the re- headlines I've I've read and the yeah. articles. Yeah. So. Um, that's basically it. I mean, we obviously we have the uh, Beijing Olympics um, going on as well. But uh, other than that, th- those are like the main things that's going on on the world stage. Um, and here in America, um, we always, always have issues. <laughs> yeah, I don't even get it started on those, bro. Um, yeah, so we we're pr- we're in prayer for um, everybody. Uh, mm-hmm. There's because there's even missionaries here. Um, here in Chicago that's trying to bring light to Chicago yeah. um, and also in like just, just dark areas like Chicago, New York, and um, Las Vegas and things. Yeah, you know? major so, cities. Yeah, we major have to. Major cities. Major cities, yeah. yeah. Um, so we have to be in prayer against the prince, against the prince of the air, right? Mm. Um, and that the Lord comes, comes with holy and righteous fire. <laughs> Um, but yes, so that's going to uh, conclude our um, episode today, and I hope that all is well with you guys. And remember, uh, 
Christianity just isn't a religion, it's a relationship that God chose to reestablish with his children. Thank you guys. Come back next time. We're excited to see you.